And we're back, and Johnny's in the studio as they do most Wednesdays when we can manage to get them here together. Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer, or Schlemmer and Metz, left, right, and center is the name of this program. And welcome to both of you. I'm going to talk about the minimum wage. Um, minimum wage is, is going up. Uh, there are lots of classic arguments against that, saying that it, in fact, eliminates jobs, that people... Uh, employers can't be forced to pay a particular amount of money to someone, that that's economic foolishness to do that. Um, Counterbound that, some arguments are, well, you know, government does interfere in the economy, rightly or wrongly, it does, and if you believe that it should, then maybe this is a good place to intervene. How do we expect people to live on eight or eight or nine dollars an hour? You can't, you can't have a life in the modern world today with that kind of income. Uh, and then that's quickly countered by, well, originally minimum wage jobs were not intended to be to allow you to have a, a, a life in the modern world. They were they were a starter, a place to start, so on, additional income, extra income for families, whatever. Uh, Bob, I know you've spoken very strongly about this before. Uh, mm-hmm. give, give us give us the lowdown from your perspective on what's wrong with minimum wage. It's unjust to begin with. It's immoral to force somebody to pay something. You know, if, if if you had a job for me, Jim, and you were going to pay me five bucks an hour and I agreed to take it, what business is it of anybody else's to interfere with that relationship or that agreement? You haven't obligated to look after me for my life. I just agreed to work for you for five bucks an hour. What's wrong with that? I can work for free. They can't put you in jail for that. But now the gap between free and the lowest wage I can accept is going to go up to ten bucks. Well, the extension to that, though, let me hop in for a second. The, the, the argument against that or the extension of that is that it is one thing to say that you and I have made this agreement freely uh, but it may not be made freely I may be so desperate that I have no choice but well to take your desperation is not caused by the employer though your desperation is caused by your circumstances nature your disease you have who knows what your desperation is caused by that's not his problem he, he doesn't have to hire you you can't go up to him and you say, you must force, you must hire me. You can't say that. So if you can't say that, you can't say anything. We don't need a minimum wage law of any sort. Um, everyone has their own minimum wage. Uh, p- the people who really work below minimum wage are people like myself. We're, unempl- or, uh, we're, we're self-employed, that's what we call it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I have good months where I could maybe make very good money, and then other months I don't make anything, especially in the summer. So mm-hmm. I have to bide how I, you know, do my budgeting. Mm-hmm. Um, if you make low wages, make sure you're not in debt because that can kill you. So, you know, <laughs> it yeah. helps not to be in debt. But, I mean, uh, you're not helping anybody by putting the minimum wage up. For example, uh, I already talked to one businessman who's a small businessman. He already pays his employees in his store $10 an hour. And, and the regular ones, the yeah. ones that first come in, they get minimum wage, and he's got a few of them. Now, if he has to raise their wages to $10 an hour, the guy that spent two or three years working his way up to the ten bucks an hour, you know, is going to feel put out. His his wages go up too; they have to. There's no such thing as just raising the floor, and not raising the well, rest but, of the house but, with but it. But why not? If we go back to your original premise that this is a deal, uh, an agreement freely arrived at, then uh, it's not freely arrived at when it's legislated. No, but what's it's r- only freely arrived at when the employer and employee agree. But you wanted a situation where it was freely arrived at, and the fellow who's now at ten dollars, who you say has to go up. 
My question would be why? Otherwise, there's, a, there's an injustice because he's put in his dues. He's paid what he but had Life is all do. about injustice. Well, Nobody said life was fair. You've well, told me that yourself on this very program. That's true, but it's it, individuals should not be perpetuating injustice on purpose. It, it, <laughs> that's what injustice is. I mean, you've got, the, for example, you've got the NDP supporting this big time. Now, why, why would the NDP support uh, a minimum wage law? They want it right away because... They're a union party, and they don't like competitive labor. They want to make everybody a scab. So if you're a scab and you can't work under $10 an hour, you're one less guy that they have to compete with. And you're going to be unemployed. You're not going to be employed. You don't think uh, that, they, that the flip side of that coin applies, too, that they genuinely are concerned about the workers, that they'd like to see workers making more money and, and living better lives? Well, they're workers, yeah, but not the other guy that's competing. You know, even the, even the people who are... Promoting this, including McGinty, has said that if they put it in now, they would lose between 100 and 180,000 jobs in the province. Now, these are the, these are the promoters of this minimum wage. But if we phase it in over three years, who are they kidding? You're still going to lose 100 to 180,000 jobs. Only you'll be able to divide that by three each year. Well, who's going to do, say, who's gonna do the work? There? If the work is there for a job at $9 an hour, and then the premise is that the work isn't there at ten dollars. It's not worth ten dollars an hour. There's still that much work to be done, though. Who's going to do the work? Generally, owners, um, like the guy I was talking about, he, if he ha if he has to up his wages, he's just going to give everybody less hours, and him and his wife are going to go in and do more of the work, work on weekends, that kind of thing. So it's not. You can't fool the marketplace. They can't raise their prices to the customers that are coming in. They're not going to pay more for the product that they're selling. Everybody else does. Well, this just yeah, marginally you're always going to have a core, but it's percentages. Everything is percentages. When you lose 10 or 20% of your business, that's that could be the straw that breaks your back and you're gone. Jeff, and you, then, you know, all of a sudden you have more unemployment and we wonder why. Well, there's a perfect reason. You've been strangely silent today, although we all know that lawyers are uh, I speak when spoken to. Lawyers are on the top <laughs> of the economic pile, of course, and there's no minimum wage for lawyers. Well, although some, people, some people think there should be a maximum wage for lawyers, but I was struck when you were talking about the $100,000 club and, and recognizing that uh, a lot of my students now when I teach at the law school and when they graduate, they, they start at $100,000 in the private sector. And, and I think that the public often uh, doesn't remember how salaries have gone in the private sector for professionals. They, they make a lot more than $100,000. Uh, so as I say, when you come fresh out of university and, and essentially know nothing uh, and you're being paid $100,000, uh, I'll bet you most of the folks getting 100000 bucks at City Hall are providing better value for the money than, than they are. But it's worth it to these to these law firms because, again, they're, they're just so profitable. The senior partners are making many times that. Uh, but anyway, that's not the question. The question at this point is minimum wage. The, the numbers that I saw and uh, reported in the Star today and the – we're from a, some labor economist or labor market economist that the um, McGinty government paid to do a, um, a study about the job loss issue, and the, the rationale for the report was that the government doesn't want to bring in uh, an increase to ten dollars an hour right now. They want to say we can't do it because jobs will be lost. And what the economist was saying is that not that anybody's going to get get laid off or anything. It's just that there won't be as quick job growth over the next three years uh, if you go to $10 today. Um, and now there are lots of economists who say that's not the case, that uh, that uh, it doesn't um, reduce uh, job uh, growth because, again, the work is there to be done. But to me, uh, minimum wages are part of the concept of a floor for Canadian citizens. And basically what I think that we have decided as a society is that 
we don't want anybody living below a certain level. And uh, that's why we have old age pension, for instance, uh, prior to World War II, before there were old age pensions, uh, a lot of seniors lived in abject squalor and so on. And uh, that was one of the first areas where they brought in a pension. Um, and I think that uh, when I think about labor, I think about things like employment, uh, health and safety standards, for instance, and how we have laws that say that employers have to make sure guards are in place. And, and sure, uh, the employer could find people who'd be willing to work without the guards on the saws and would be willing to work with the dangerous chemicals and inhale them and all that stuff. Um, so what the government has essentially said is, well, you know what, nobody's going to be able to do that. And the nice thing about that is that you, Mr. Employer, don't need to worry that your competitor is going to ha- have a cheaper product because they are able to get people who are willing to work with dangerous conditions because nobody's going to be allowed to do it. And to me, the minimum wage is the same kind of a thing. It, I'm fascinated by the whole concept of at what point in a healthy capitalist society do you need rules? Uh, and we talked a bit about this last week and about how Conrad Black in, in his writing uh, has talked about the need for some ground rules for a capitalist society to thrive. Yeah, but not not economic intervention and telling people oh, no, what, exactly what the, what the are, price right? of their relationship well, that's is. Exactly what, the the rules di- are. what about... Uh, you want to know why this is an issue? You want to yeah. really know why? There's an election coming up October 10th. There were just three by-elections. I happen to know because we had candidates, Freedom Party had candidates in all three of them. Mm-hmm. In the by-election that they lost to the NDP, there were a handful of people screaming, $10 minimum wage, $10 minimum wage, and they thought that they lost that election because of that issue. Now he's promising it. He wants to phase it in over three years so that after he gets elected in October, he can break his promise again and tell us all, well, the economy can't stand it. Well, that okay. would be good for you then. So well, it's a good but, news but story it's, for it's you. Just, <laughs> I, wanted, I, want, I want you to see the real backdrop of the show here that's going on because they can't muck, muck around with the economy. You cannot do that without harming something so what's the, irreparably. Bob, Bob, what's the difference then between between saying that we have a right duty ops, uh, uh, obligation to ensure um, that there's no restriction on the relationship between dollars and cents between employer and employee, but we do have an obligation to ensure the safety of the employees. Would do, do you do you agree or disagree with that? Should there well, be any the employee any has problem? has that right already. Uh, he can sue. <laughs> he can he can take action, both legal and yeah. But should, joint he, should he have to should he have to do that? Is it not more efficient to have had the government say to, as Jeff says, to all the employers, you simply cannot run an unsafe. And, uh, and that is, in fact, how some safety regulations come into being, through a process of court decisions that have happened mm-hmm. over time. And, yeah. and then the but, but standard but, but is but where I have no problem with that, per se. Okay. Um, but to say that somebody who's but then again, forced to work for less than a minimum wage is going to go out and hire a $100,000 lawyer to fix it just isn't realistic. That's not going to happen. I, I remember the uh, saying of one of the, the justices, in, uh, or Lord Justices in uh, England, talking about the, the doors of the courtroom are open to all, just are the doors of the Savoy Hotel. And uh, it's, that's not realistic. Well, but, you know, but, I don't see anybody not coming to my door ever, because I've always fit into the poverty, below poverty, uh, below minimum wage statistics. No one's coming to my door looking to help me. No, no, nobody. Well, I, think I haven't had Susan Eagle come to my you, door and say, Bob, you've got to be though, making Bob, more money. <laughs> you said earlier, though, Bob, that uh, the reason that the McGinty government is doing this is because they think it will be popular in the election. They think the public, for whatever reason, want it. And I, and they do a lot of polling. Like I don't well, think they just it's a Toronto vote, right? And, he, and it just happened in one riding, I'll tell you. And the other riding where the Conservatives won, the talk was exactly the opposite. The guy won because he was <laughs> speaking against the minimum either, wage. Either you're saying that, the, that they have identified uh, that the public would like an increased minimum wage or they're wrong about it, in which case the electorate will tell them to vote for John Tory. Well, no, see, the difference is, in the riding where the Conservatives won, they already had held it before. In the riding where the NDP won, the Liberal held it before. And that's the riding that they'll look at. 
And yeah. so that's why, and, and they're, they're so, more to they're so myopic than and so superficial that they jump on these issues. Well, right? let, me, let, me, let, me, let me be a little uh, uh, elitist here and ask you the question, how many, how many minimum wage earners do you think are also vo- voters? There are All kinds of them. Well, there are studies that suggest that, that folks lower down on the socioeconomic scale think that, feel so disenfranchised from the system that they don't tend to vote. And if they did vote, that we would see more progressive social legislation. Well, giving them higher minimum wages will keep them further disenfranchised because they're going to be more unemployed. There just has to be. Or they're going to work less or have to have more part-time jobs because each employer is charging them a little bit less or giving them less time. And you just can't fool with with the economy. But we fool, there's but, a moral but, but, issue but, 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 here, Jim. Wait, wait, wait. No, wait, wait. I, I want you to answer for me. I All want right. anybody to answer for me. What is the moral parameter of, just like the deal I suggested, you and I, we agree, uh, you're going to pay me five bucks an hour for four weeks to do this job. I agree to do it. What business is it of anybody else's to tell you you have to pay ten, which if you did, you wouldn't give me the job. Uh, I, I, I want, I want you to explain to me who is helping is me. Forget about health and safety I can't forget standards. About them. I'm talk- the same we're talking about the money. Is that if you can find somebody who's willing to go down a well and, and take the risk of being gassed because they're desperate for money, should anybody interfere in that? And I would argue, yeah, they should. You know, if you've got somebody who's willing to do that and, and die, that's not a good thing in a, well, in a civilized society. Everybody's desperate for money. Who's not desperate for no, money? If you don't, if you don't, it's not desperate if you money. don't have money, you're desperate for it. Trust me. <laughs> if you have it, you just aren't aware of your well, desperate. <laughs> Fewer desperate people in our society. So Desperation it, causes a, crime and bad things. So but as a as a as a modern uh, affluent society, we've decided collectively, I think, that uh, we don't want people to be that desperate. We'd like them to be uh, well, contented that's why, with their lives. That's why, as Isabel Patterson said, most of the harm in the world is done by good people with good intentions you wanting know. to help other people out and, and irreparably harming them. Well, again, those are the uh, people who think that the, we're living in the worst times now we've ever lived. What do you say to the guy who, who is not capable? Much worse than what we're living in right now. That we actually are not doing so bad. Although I hate to say, what do you say to the guy who's only capable of producing seven seven dollars an hour worth of production? and whatever he's doing, and we got a $10 an hour minimum wage. What do you well, say to that, that guy? That Sorry, you're going to stay unemployed? Seven. I have no it idea means what that, that, means. that the, whoever employs him has to lose $3 an hour at employment. How, but in, in a, how do you, in a how do you real sense, that? Yeah, how do you the employer that? does. You don't. That's the whole problem. You're trying to run somebody well, else's. I can do it. I can tell you to the penny, by the hour, by the minute, who gets paid what, what costs what. To suggest that it's only the left wing that interfere in the market is also the height of fallacy that right wing folks interfere in the market all the time. I agree with you. I agree with you. Businesses companies. are not free enterprises. So, yeah. Businesses are controlled enterprises. They're conservatives. They hate free enterprise. <laughs> Trust anyway. me, we get no corporate contributions. We may have to disagree. Agree to disagree <laughs> but but there this. are lots of there are lots of uh, of, and I can't speak for large corporations because I don't know know them intimately. But I know lots of business people with medium size and small corporations, and they will tell you <laughs> they'll tell you to the point of boredom. The amount of negativity that comes out of the government, the amount of restrictions on them, the amount of of, of uh, unnecessary regulation that's on them, so they're not. I'm you surprised know. anybody even wants to be an employer or a renter or anything like that. You know, well, there the is if you're done pretty if, well for a long time. Yeah, but not for for a lot of people. A lot of people are are just cut right out of it. You know, it's just uh, I don't want to be somebody's babysitter. Well, if I just the given them an opportunity, I have to become his mummy city. and daddy. Jeez. 
But I, I think that it's a, that's a very real point, and there are lots of people today who get out of business earlier than they might otherwise, who sell out, when, and, and whereas a generation ago they might have. But you know, you haven't answered my question business. yet, and Jeff, interfere. I want to hear what the moral premises of interfering with that relationship, that voluntary relationship. You know, Jeff. Well, saying, I already told you what it is. Yeah, altruism. A civilized society, altruism. You want to throw your altruism. Desperation. You want to throw it's your. It's got nothing to do with altruism. I prefer to. I'm happy with the arrangement. Walking down Jeff. the street aren't so desperate that they'll slip except, my throat for a dollar. Except the I term. think that's an unhealthy society, and we don't have to have it. We have the luxury of having an you're not, influence. You're not happy. You're not it. happy with the relation. You're you're willing to accept. The relation and there's well, a the, huge but, difference between the two. No, well, I, but, but I had a choice. I could not accept it. Yeah, okay. Well, let's, let's, there's okay, my let's, choice. Let's take it to its further furthest extreme and where it began. You have the choice. Say, I won't take that job. I'll, I prefer to starve. I'll starve instead. Well, no, that's not that, a choice. No, no, it's not. But neither is it my obligation to say to you, okay, well, I'll work for you, but I'll, I, I want a hundred bucks an hour, Jim, because I need a hundred bucks an hour to live. Mm-hmm. Never mind your five bucks an hour. And you've got to pay it to me. But you don't need a hundred bucks an hour to live. Well, okay, make it ten. Make it. You, you, you're, 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 you're missing the point. You're trying to obfuscate a moral issue by throwing numbers at it as though numbers make the morality. It doesn't. You're saying everyone has the moral right to starve, and, and I suppose that's oh, true yeah. in an absolute, oh. absolute sense. But I just happen to think it's in not a free the best society way to go. nobody starves. Anybody can get a job who's got a body that can get up and do something is willing Lots to do it. Lots of people have starved in free societies throughout history. People have starved in, in free, free societies. societies. Of course, we've had all kinds of commerce in the British Empire in the last three or four hundred years, lots of people starved under under the Raj. Uh, you know that's quite normal. The, that's the, well, the free state of affairs. Well, that's God. the ultimate what capitalism, isn't about? it? Is it the East India Company ran everything? You're, you're okay, guys, not capitalism. Confusing business with capitalism. Time out. Different things. We don't want to confuse anything here, at least of all our listeners and our and our clients. So we're going to pause for a second. Clear the air. We'll be back with more on Left, Right, and the Center. Jeff Schlemmer, Bob Metz, Jim Chapman with you today on Left, Right, and Center. We've been talking about minimum wage. And, Bob, I want to come back. I'm not sure I can answer your question you know, I, I, w- without I, referring to altruism because I, I suspect that you're probably I'm right. i glad to hear you say that. No, you're, pro- you're probably right in, in, in an absolute sense. And I, and I guess in an absolute sense, I don't disagree. I think we should be free to make agreements. However, agreements between equals, when the two participating parties are not equal... They're then we, equal if they're free. Well, then they're we, not equal if one has a condition imposed upon them. I'm not so sure that I agree that they're e- that the only requisite for their equality is that they are free. Freedom of association, Jim. If you don't believe in freedom of association, equality is not possible. No, I do agree. I do. I'm talking about economically. If I'm if I'm same a, thing. How is if I'm different? a gazillionaire and you and your kids are starving, even in a free society, are we truly equal? Can we make a deal as equals? You're not equal. We're not equal economically. We're equal politically. But well, I might not know you. You might be living in Vancouver, and I'm living in in some other province. What what relationship do we have to each other? None. And your your wealth is not the cause of my poverty. Poverty is a natural state. That you're everybody's born into poverty. You're born naked and poor. Simple mm-hmm. as that. Mm-hmm. And and. Because a handful of people discovered how to create wealth, that's when the envy starts. That's when everybody who isn't doing what is necessary to create wealth gets envious. And they look for, instead of creating the wealth themselves, they look for someone to pick up a sword, a gun, a knife, or an army and get a gun and force the people who do know how to do things to give them something that doesn't belong to them by right. It's, it's, not, it's not moral. Uh, yeah, I know you did. <laughs> and it's absolutely true, and you can see the effect of it. You're getting nowhere. You're just driving the price of everything up. You're, you're, you know, 
you could jokingly say, look, if you're believing a $10 an hour minimum wage, why not 20 Why not 25 Why not 100 while you're at it? Because you could do that, and you could legislate it. But you know what? A loaf of bread would cost 250 bucks. That's what happens, and that's that. how the economy adjusts itself. Because the value of things relative to the effort that has to be put out for them never changes. Even though you can change the numbers of the dollars, yeah, you can't yeah. change the value of the... A loaf of, of bread the, is still uh, worth a loaf, what a loaf of bread. Loaf of bread. We're going to be paying the CEO Whether it costs of, you a million uh, or one. A billion dollars a year at that point as well. It's all relative. Right. Well, okay, I'm going to change the focus just a little wee bit and ask both of you what you thought about the story we did earlier today about the fellow from Delta. The uh, the chief executive of Delta Airlines. Delta is coming out of Chapter 11. Uh, there's Bankrupt, a new the, yes. Yeah. There's a new deal in place. Delta they estimate will be worth about 10 billion dollars when it comes out, having done whatever it's had to do under Chapter 11. New deal for all the senior managers and whatnot. And the the guy who's the top dog at Delta um, stands to make about 10 million dollars. It's about 10 million dollars he is quote entitled to under the contracts and so on that he signed. Uh, as his management contracts, and through all of this, ups and downs, sideways, is he's got $10 million coming to him in bonuses and stock options, etc., etc. He has said he will not take any of it. He's going to have uh, set up within the structure of Delta a fund, and all of that $10 million will go into that fund to go to retraining Delta workers that lost their jobs, uh, Delta retirees who may find themselves in tough times because of the bankruptcy, even some Delta employees who've had tough times getting through, he said, I don't, legally I have a right to the money, but ethically I don't think I do. I think that money can be better used elsewhere. Now, is he a good guy, a bad guy? Is he a fool? Is he, is he brilliant? Is he, what do you think I of him? I couldn't answer that, but w- I think what he's doing sounds good, sounds great, and I don't know why you would think that is a non-capitalistic thing to do. Oh, I didn't cap- say it was. But I just, but it's I just, just as, asked you what you thought. It's just as capitalistic as keeping the money. <laughs> it's got well, nothing it's, to do it's, with it's that. It's the definition of leadership, and uh, that's, yeah. that's something that, so that's that, a, that I always have thought. to bear in mind. Is that for every story you read about a greedy executive doing something greedy, there are ten executives out there who are leading by example, who are generals who lead from the front instead of from the rear. Uh, and, and that's important to remember, and, and that's why our, our capitalist society thrives, because they are smart. It's and a speaking, smart capitalist and speaking of leadership and employers, as I've pointed out many times, many employers and business owners make less than a minimum wage that they take home, yet they pay employees more than that, mm-hmm. right? And I've seen that all the time. So they're, they're in the same boat. There's your capitalist for you. He's out there taking the risk. The employee is not. Okay. The employee gets security for that relationship. Okay, one final question. We just got a couple minutes left here. What do you think of Conrad Black's case so far? What's happening in Chicago? Or are you following it? I haven't really even fo- followed it since we talked about it last week. But nothing's really changed, I don't think. Well, well I was reminded uh, uh, about a couple things. One is that uh, I was talking with somebody who was, who was talking about he's got his new book coming out on Nixon and how, in some respects, he may be able to rehabilitate his image in the same way as Nixon did as an academic, as a, as a deep thinker. And uh, everybody raves about his, his books, his biographies. And I haven't read one yet, but I really want to. I, I don't know if my arms are quite strong enough to lift them. <laughs> um, but uh, he's a guy who's got a lot of interesting ideas and very articulate and, and knows how to tell a story. And uh, I think that he'll, he'll make out fine in the end as far as his reputation, which I'm sure is something that's very important to him. Um, but I was also impressed yesterday hearing uh, Barbara um, going on about journalists and uh, they know who they are and uh, mm. vermin and all that stuff and thinking, what a, what a guy. He, he, can, he can even stand living with her. Just leave her at home. <laughs> leave her at home. Con- they, the, the interesting thing I thought about the opening uh, arguments was the two classic arguments, really, really nicely done. Prosecution says that uh, stick-up men have masks and guns and, and burglars have, uh, have you know dark clothing and gloves on, 
and uh, and these guys, Conrad and his guys, uh, they had suit and ties, but they're all so do politicians. But they're all thieves. <laughs> he said they're all thieves. So are Conrad's guys said uh, that uh, far from ha- having victims, Conrad is the victim here. So I thought they were both sort of classic positions to stake out. Well, yeah, on the and they talked day. a bit about how part of the problem are these um, non-compete agreements that uh, that were signed, and how. Uh, some of them, I gather, were not signed with the company. When, when the company sold off uh, part of its business, uh, the person who buys it wants to know that the company isn't going to go into competition the next mm-hmm. day. But some of them were signed personally with the executives, including Conrad, and that uh, their lawyer argues, well, they don't want me personally to go into competition with them the next day either because they know that with with companies, the company is essentially uh, uh, about the individual in a lot of cases. Doesn't that make sense? That makes, yes. that makes eminent well, sense great. to me. Sure. They, they didn't right. care whether Hollinger went into competition with them. It was Con- Conrad, they didn't I know. want. And, and again, it, uh, these are obviously the best lawyers that money can buy. And uh, they say that on both sides, it's all about simplifying. Simple, simplify it down as much as you possibly can and humanize it as much as you can. So the prosecutors are going to bring in some shareholders to say, oh, so-and-so was saving for his retirement and now they can't retire. Or, or one was about saving for their kid's education or something. But there aren't, there aren't many in that well, boat. That's right. There I aren't know. many in I that know. boat that they can lay at Conrad's feet because the real dive in values took place after they kicked them out. Now, another thing that occurred to me is... Uh, hadn't thought of until someone pointed out uh, was that this is a real opportunity for Eddie Greenspan to get some good American exposure yeah. and uh, to, to expand his horizons and not just financially but also in terms of challenges like a guy like him who's at the top of his field and has been for you know 25 years it must get a bit boring sometimes and to be able to <laughs> branch out into a new a new jurisdiction where yeah. the laws are different yeah. and, and people are different the system is different I, I bet he's just having a ball uh, having said that I remember about Eddie that uh, somebody had once said that he became the most uh, uh, famous uh, top uh, criminal lawyer in Canada by losing cases. <laughs> usually he's fighting these dead loser cases. But uh, anyway, I, I, I find it quite fun. Well, the boys are playing in the background. That means these boys and I are done for the day. Thank you, Bob and Jeff. Always a pleasure. Thanks, James. If you've enjoyed this presentation, visit justrightmedia.org for more programming that's not right-wing, it's just right.